Welcome to Let Love, a podcast with the Sisters of Life. We invite you to join us for conversation, looking at life through the lens of love. You are loved, you are made in God's image, and your life matters. Let's talk about it. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is Let Love. This is Sister Mary Grace. This is Sister Veritas. And Sister Anne Immaculate. And it is such a gift to be back with you all. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. <laughs> <laughs> and now we're on the brink of the next sacred grace-filled season of Lent. Yep, we're in it. Yep. And it is such a gift to be together again. We're calling this season, season 13. Can you believe it's 13? Can't it's believe it. We're officially teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> I just realized that then. Oh my goodness, the awkward teenage years. Here we go. <laughs> but we were thinking the title, well, really actually moved to call this, uh, really to claim the grace that we're all noticing. And that is an invitation to do Lent together. So we thought we'd call it Let's Do Lent Together, mm-hmm. which we're going to talk more about for the next seven episodes. Yep. <laughs> but really feeling an inspiration and yeah, a calling to speak about what we don't often think about when we think of Lent, mm-hmm. and that is Jesus's desire to unite us. Uh, mm-hmm. This, mm-hmm. yeah, this preoccupation with unity, this oneness, which these kind of things we don't always think about. Mm-hmm. Think of Lent, you mm-hmm. know, Jesus off to the desert on his own, but possibly it's a radically different invitation to unity. Yeah. And mm. you know, what's really fun too, is we're going to be, um, mm. we'd love for you to start getting to know the sisters that we live with and love yeah. so dearly. So throughout this season, we're actually going to, um, they're going to come and join us for different episodes. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we're just, we're just like so excited to share with you these sisters we love. And yeah. so Sister Catherine Joy Marie and Sister Lumen Gloria will be joining us uh, throughout the season mm-hmm. and we cannot wait for you to get to know them. But it's just so fitting to, yeah, yeah to really, it's like literally you're going to be doing Lent with our whole house here in Denver. Yeah. So get to know all of us, which is which is really fun. Exactly. All our friends are involved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this season reminded me of a story. Sister Anne, you're gonna have to help help me out. We were just thinking about this memory. It's a it's a it's a beautiful memory of Navishit. <laughs> Sister Anne and I were in Navishit together. So we were together the first three years of our religious life. And we had this one experience where we were invited to Long Island on a beach just to kind of get some insight and inspiration from I think it was Navy SEALs. Yep. Navy which SEALs. Is really cool. Yep. It was really fun. And uh, we did all these different drills and exercises with them. You can imagine there was about 20 of us on the beach. Um, <laughs> I think I think it was clearly obvious that push-ups and <laughs> sit-ups weren't our specialty, but we tried. We tried. <laughs> yeah. But basically, there was this one course that they invited us to do, and they basically split us up into three groups, and they gave each of us a huge backpack full of sand. And they basically said, I mean, everything's a test, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't always know what they're testing you for. So they had three teams of about five to six sisters in each. And we simply just had to get our bags from one place to another as fast as we could. And there were three teams. We're all in the same countryside. And they just were like, okay, sisters, gun's about to go. Just get to the other side together. Now, growing up in Australia, I was like in my zone. I was like, we're on the beach. I know how to move in this place. Uh, and I immediately thought, Oh my goodness, you know, when you when you run on the beach, if you're on the hard sand near the water, you can move so much faster. Mm-hmm. You know, compared to the the soft sand that feels like you're moving through mud. Mm-hmm. So the gun goes off and I quickly turn to the team and I'm like, sisters, I got a great idea. I was like, let's just beeline to the water and the hardest sand and then race to the end and we'll win. We'll win. <laughs> and immediately everyone's like, oh my gosh, Australian, let's go. <laughs> so we did. We picked up the sandbag, dragged it all the way down, ran and smashed it. I mean, we just <laughs> We just cleaned the whole scene. And then at the end, this Navy SEAL comes over so angry 
and was just like, right, sisters, 50 push-ups right now. And I was like, what? Usually that's punishment for doing something. <laughs> and if you have memory of this part, sister Definitely. <laughs> and so anyway, everyone's doing push-ups. And he was like, sisters, the whole point was to stay together. Mm. said, so to even the three groups of you, you know, when you're, when you're on the same side, the whole point of when things get tough mm. is that you actually find ways, get creative from within the body to stay together. And to, it was, um, yeah, it was real awesome. That's <laughs> awesome. It's so awesome. Yeah. And that I totally got it wrong, actually. I was so way off and obviously good intention, but I think there's a real invitation to Lent here. Mm-hmm. You know, God is, God is inviting us actually to a radical communio together, to do the tough stuff together, mm-hmm. to try something new together. And actually there's a strength and a power within when we turn to one another in a tough season that is so full of power and grace that God is inviting us to consider at Lent. Mm-hmm. I think it's so powerful. Mm. I mean, it's so fitting too. You're on the sand. Deserts are sandy. It's just a perfect image for <laughs> it's all coming together. And yeah, yeah. It's it's not what you think of either. Mm-hmm. It's so counterintuitive. Yeah, it's like actually the priority is unity rather than um, victory on your own mm-hmm. and trying to do that. And yeah. I think for me, it was like when I think back to the memory, it was I think our desire was, yeah, to be the fastest and the strongest and yeah. <laughs> again, good intentions, but like being willing to go a little bit slower to stay together, mm-hmm. you know, and how so often that's not our first response, but that mm-hmm. actually the priority is unity and that yes. that's far more powerful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Totally. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to boast about you, Sister Ann, just for a second. <laughs> but there was a turning point, too, because then they were like, okay, now run back to where you came from with the same sandbags. And then I'm just lost. I'm like, I don't know what we're going to do. So we're running along and everyone's trudging through this soft sand together. And then Sister Ann was actually inspired. I'll never forget it because it's been a grace for me over the years of, and an image of communio. And she kind of just breaks out and runs to the middle of these three groups of sisters and just starts singing like to encourage. Mm. And I'm kidding. I'm not even kidding. It's not like we bolted, but all our spirits were lifted. Everybody all of a sudden was able to kind of like laugh, smile, sing along, and we were carried together. Mm. And something was unleashed that was like such a grace for me of, yeah, I I think a real conversion moment, you know, is exactly what you're saying, that actually the strength lies within. And the more that we focus on one another and encourage one another, we actually move together as a pack. That's such a beautiful image mm. i feel like you still do that in our yeah. day-to-day life it's, <laughs> it's like, true actually you, you sing us She's together still singing it's amazing yeah yeah great wow what a, that is so powerful it's cool mm. it's fun stay on the soft sand together yeah <laughs> it's worth it yeah gosh well should we dive in sure sister yeah. veritas can you start us with a prayer i would be honored father son holy spirit amen, amen. come holy spirit giver of life come lord jesus Jesus, you are the great I am. You're the king of the cosmos. You created all things. You hold all things in being. You desired from all eternity that each of us exists. You call us by name. And Jesus, now you call us into this sacred season of Lent. Lord, we pray um, that you can draw us deeply into your heart, into the heart of the Trinity. That is communion. That is love. Lord, show us who you are. Show us who we are. Unite us together in your love. Help this let to be one of profound communio, profound experience of our need for you together and you answering our need. Lord, we lay before you our hearts as they are, whatever sadness, brokenness, anything going on in our lives, our families, 
We give them to you, Jesus. We know that you are constantly seeking us, constantly seeking to unify yourself with us and us with you. We entrust ourselves also in a special way to Our Lady, Spouse of the Holy Spirit, to guide us through this Lent together. As we pray, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Lady of Guadalupe, pray for us. The Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. So this season, we really just wanted to enter into Lent with you by praying with the gospel passage for each Sunday. So this first Sunday of Lent, we'll read the gospel passage from Mark, chapter 1, verses 12 through 15. The Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness, and he was in the wilderness forty days, tempted by Satan. And he was with the wild beasts, and the angels ministered to him. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee, preaching the gospel of God, and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent, and believe in the gospel. Amen. Amen. Short and powerful. Yeah. <laughs> Mark always packs a punch. Well, I'm just so moved, I think, after hearing the story from your novitiate, and, um, which is so epic. Mm. But it literally is such an amazing vision for Lent. It turns Lent totally on its head. Like, I just yeah. know normally for myself going into Lent my whole life, it's been like, I'm scared. I'm alone. I'm in the desert. I'm going to eat right. cactuses. You know, it's like, it's like a terrible time. Ouch, you're like, I know. <laughs> no spikes. And you're like not looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. And it's just this, this fear. It's almost Lent, Lent sometimes can magnify this fear of being alone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm so moved by the stories you shared, but also by this gospel, because it's actually like totally the reverse. Yes. Mm-hmm. The whole point of Lent is to bring us into communion with God. Mm. and with each other that's the whole point mm-hmm. because that's the whole point of jesus coming as man yeah the whole point mm-hmm. was communion mm-hmm. everything everything he did everything he said was ordered to communion mm-hmm. and it's like wow mm-hmm. it's actually to look through this passage but actually every passage in lent through that gaze the whole point is communion yeah yeah and it could seem like you know, it says the spirit drove Jesus into the desert, which is a place of isolation, you know. Mm. But when I was praying with that, I was really, yeah, convicted that, you know, the spirit drove Jesus to, to the desert. Why? To meet us in the desert, in mm-hmm. our own deserts, in our heart, so that we would never be alone anymore. That these places of isolation that we can often experience, these places of temptation and battle, mm. would never be isolating ever again that there is someone who has been there who is with us and who is drawing us into communion with himself Mm. Mm. that's so powerful i love that too because even just what you're saying to veritas is like it's interesting to notice this is the first place jesus goes to battle Mm -hmm. Mm. like he's just been baptized filled with the power of the holy spirit reminded that he is the son of the father fully aware of his identity who he is and what is his first preoccupation where are we disunified? Mm. Where is there division? Where do you struggle? The temptation, as you were saying, sister, like the battle. It's like Jesus's first place uh, to bring his love and his power and literally fight alongside us is where I'm experiencing right now disunity. Mm. Interiorly and together. Amen. Yeah, I love that, sister. Amen. That's beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that you think of like, I was just thinking about like how the spirit 
drove him, but there's like an urgency to that. Yes. And, but also like, I mean, Jesus is one with the father and the spirit. So he's, he's choosing to go. Mm -hmm. He's hastening to go Mm -hmm. to the desert Mm -hmm. to be united with us in that place of total vulnerability and poverty so that we might be in communion with him. And so that he can conquer every temptation that comes our way that he's conquered it first. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, it's so kind of intuitive too, because we think about temptations and the places we struggle or feel alone. It's like we can be easily, I know at least I can be easily think of those places as the place I need to deal with or I need to kind of get over or get through or yeah, that I just need to attack this on my own and deal with it. But here we see like the first move of the spirit in Jesus too is to literally, he gravitates to our places of temptation. Like he's not afraid of where we're struggling right now. We're the deepest, darkest place of our life where I just hit a wall every time or I fail every time or I struggle, I'm ashamed of. God doesn't just like go into yeah, to change it, to heal it. He like, yeah, as you're saying, it's like there's this movement of the spirit that is unashamed to be in that place, unashamed mm. to go there, to love us there, to meet us there and to make things new. Mm. Yeah, the gravitation of the spirit to our places of temptation is, it's such good news. It's the first mm-hmm. proclamation of good news. Where are you tempted? I'm coming. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Where are you tempted? I'm coming to that place. Praise God. And that I love that, sister. That's so huh. beautiful. And as you're talking, it's it's like Jesus also, he wants to live that in us for each other. Mm. Like, where are those around me in the desert? Where are those around me being tempted and in battle? And I, can I participate in the life of Jesus that wants to go to that place with them, that wants mm. to stay with and actually proclaim uh, the truth of the word, um, which we see, you know, in the other gospel passages of the temptation in the desert. It's like Christ is speaking truth to the enemy uh, against the lies that are digging at his identity, you know, as son. Mm-hmm. Um, and that actually we can share in Christ's heart, which which goes to a place of communion in the desert, both interiorly, but also with those around us. Mm-hmm. And it's just true. Like, I'm, I'm just thinking of like the example of like running, you know, like we all like to run here in this house mostly. <laughs> but like when you run with another person, it can be easier. Like you you can do more than you might well, at least let me just speak for myself. <laughs> Hold on. Let me re- recalibrate. <laughs> I can run further. Me with, too. With somebody else. Because it's like you it's like this That's being so with can mm-hmm. actually propel me to do what yeah. I what I wouldn't be able to do by myself. I remember that I love that. I remember when I in high school I used to run and I was on the cross country and track team. And I remember in track our coach telling us, and I can't remember the percentages, but she always encouraged us, no matter how we were feeling physically, to always stay with the person in front of us, even if it was just, you know, a foot behind, rather than running the same pace as them, but maybe 20 feet behind them. Mm-hmm. Because she said, she said psychologically and physically, it's so much easier for you to maintain your pace when you're near to the person in front of you, um, Mm. that there's actually something in your body that allows you to remain in the strength of your movement when you're closer to the other. Mm. Mm. And I always experienced that. It was like, it was so much easier, even if I was behind someone, it was like so much easier to run if I was just closer to them. Mm -hmm. And you're less likely to stop. Like, I know I would stop way earlier Mm -hmm. if I wasn't running with someone. Yeah. slightly different experience okay yes <laughs> because no but to resonate but I think I experienced it in a different way it was mm-hmm. like I love running on my own at first because I just enjoy yeah I just love the space the silence the level of prayer that my heart goes into but there is always a point mm-hmm. where I hit where I'm like I can't run anymore or I just yeah I just kind of like slow down or I'm just like wow I'm bored I want to give up 
when sisters then run then or mm. when someone's with me there, that point gets so much further delayed. Wow. It's like there is. It's like this, yeah, there's a capacity of being together that I think protects us from so much that we're unaware of too. Mm-hmm. I even think of like board races and ocean ocean racing. It's like when you're racing, if you can get on like right behind the person paddling in front of you, you literally get taken up by their speed. Like cool. it's like the current behind That's them so cool. drags you. So like you cool. literally – and at the end of the day, it's like we're, we're created this way. Life literally gets easier, dare we say, when we do it together. Mm. Like we're created to do stuff together, especially when we know there's, yeah, an arena of temptation ahead of us where Jesus is like, okay, Mm. I love you that much. We're going to go to the places where you struggle. But the first lie I'm going to abolish is that you're going to, I'm asking you to do this alone. Mm -hmm. That's so important, actually, because it's like, because every temptation, in a sense, is a temptation against communio in some way. Every sin literally tries to pierce communion in some way, whether that be with God or with, with other people. And That's so, so interesting. It is. Mm-hmm. But think yep. about like any sin. Just think about it. Sin divides. It divides. Yep. Amen. It's mm-hmm. amazing. And so like, yeah, to go with the mm-hmm. Lord into the desert, mm-hmm. be unified with him and then Amen. thus with our brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. Yes. It changes the game. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that reminds me too of, you know, we've been going to college campuses here in Denver and we're having... I, we just have to testify to the power of Jesus on campuses today that we're seeing and and how much grace is coming through when a, when a team of missionaries or students or even sisters are united together first, mm. even more than how successful their ministry is, the kind of programs they got going. If a team on campus is united and looking out for each other, the spiritual effect of that is immeasurable. Mm. And we've been having these conversations actually with students that are, I don't know if we've seen this before, sisters, but like people are now approaching us more than we go out to other people on campuses. Mm-hmm. Like we're literally walking through and, and having people like sideswipe us and want to have a conversation and, and approach us, which mm-hmm. is just a new dynamic we're experiencing. Mm-hmm. And there's this one couple we've been speaking with, you know, over the last six months. And just recently they testified to this one thing. One of them has no faith background. Another one's a lapsed Catholic. Um, so hasn't been engaged in the faith. And they, they noticed this truth recently. He said, just historically speaking, if you look all the way back in history, he's like, and even up until the present day, every act of violence, every kind of destructive behavior, every kind of war we enter into all goes back to a breakdown in community mm. somewhere where we failed each other at home or we didn't have community and we're looking for it. But when we don't have it, yeah, we can we can go along tendencies that are just not human, which is stunning too. Because what is the beginning then of a renewal? Mm. What is what is going to be the starting place of a of a new revolution in our own hearts and in our own communities? It's a preoccupation with unity. Mm-hmm. Mm. Is it that? Is it a renewal of like I'm going to press in? Yes, in my own relationship with Jesus and the Trinity given to me, but who around me right now in my life mm. is close to home? In my colleagues, where is my experience of communio, my lack of it, and where can it begin this Lent? Mm. Where can it be refreshed? Mm. Wow. I love that. That's so good. It's awesome, sister. Well, it's interesting because it's like this call to unity is the first step in Jesus' apostolic public ministry. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's like this is where he deals first. Mm -hmm. Where's the lack of community? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Let's go. Yeah. And then his first response after that is, I'm going, exa- I'm going to bring that into every place that is not unified, every place awesome. that is isolated. Mm-hmm. 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 And it's so interesting, too, in that, because I remember a priest talking about how in the baptism, obviously, Jesus didn't need to be cleansed of anything. Right. But it's like everyone had also already been kind of baptized by John. And in a, in a way, 
Um, it was like the, the sins of everyone was in the water. And he mm. took all that on himself as he rose from the water. And then what he'd go into the desert mm. to, to fight for us. Mm. And in a sense, it's like, yeah, knowing who he was um, fully. Mm. And he always knew who he was. <laughs> Sorry. Just want to clarify that. Um, <laughs> um, but then he goes into the desert. And what does he do? He literally exposes himself um, to be tempted, right? And you think about this throughout his whole earthly life, right? He goes to the desert, exposes himself in the agony in the garden, on the cross, in the Eucharist. There's like this exposition of mm. his being. And why? It's to remedy Eden. It's to mm. remedy, you know, what happened when Adam and Eve turned away. And there was division between them, division between God. And there's the tendency to hide from God. And so he exposes himself to heal that tendency to hide, to, to remedy mm. Eden, to bring union where there's division. Mm. It's so epic. That's I mean, awesome. Yeah. yeah. And even just to testify to that spirit, like even as we were talking about this episode, each one of us were moved by this, by, by a similar image of like when, you, when we were praying about Jesus going into the desert and both of you can share, yeah, how it moved you. But I immediately thought of like when Adam and Eve were exiled from the Garden of Eden, mm. you know, you're going from this fertile, beautiful, uh, lush place of, of communion between God and man when we walked with one another and heard his voice clearly. And the first effect of sin is a driving out into a place that is that is not fertile, that is not green and lush, that is distant from God. Mm. Uh, they went into the desert. And it's just fascinating too how Jesus, not only is calling us out of the desert, but his response is, I'm going in there with you. I'm I'm allowing myself to be driven to the place where you've been exiled. Mm -hmm. And it's from our exile that a new beginning starts. Mm -hmm. You know, and just his his desire to be unified with us in our struggles, not just our victories and our graces and our new beginnings when things look clear and we know what God's doing and where he's acting, but where we're confused, divided, alone, Jesus is going right there and he and he lives it with us and he's going to show us how to move through it together. It's not like Jesus is like, wait till you get to the garden and then I'll come into communion with you. It's like, I'm going cool. to the desert to take you by the hand, enter into your soul and bring you to the garden of intimacy. Amen. You know, cool. um, mm -hmm. but he doesn't wait for us to be put together before he enters into that yes. communion. Yeah. Yep. And in a sense, it's almost like he, he does all that. And then he like brings us the garden mm -hmm. in himself. He is the garden. He's the garden. Cause it's like, <laughs> like that. He, he goes and he's like, it's true. you know, wow. after the, after he comes after the desert, John is arrested Jesus comes into Galilee preaching the gospel of God and saying the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Mm. Like here I am, yeah. Amen. you know, repent and believe in the gospel. Mm -hmm. And it's like, he's, he beat every temptation. Yeah. He's like, I am the way mm -hmm. like believe, you know, oh, I love that. And it's almost like an invitation not to reach for the things that we've reached for before, but the kingdom of God is at hand in this place. Reach for me. Mm -hmm. I'm yeah. now within grasp. Mm -hmm. I'm within reach. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And like repentance, like just this call to repentance. It's like, you know, it's not like this, <laughs> you're bad, you're all alone, like, yeah, do 50 push-ups. Like, <laughs> like, what's the point of repentance it is, is union to allow our, everything that's blocking our hearts, yes. chaining us to fall, to be freed from, so we can be in union with the one who's calling our name, who's bringing to us this garden of life, you know, and, and, mm -hmm. and the Spirit moves us to repent. It's a, it's a movement of the Holy Spirit. Mm. And really, there's nothing like being able to say, I was wrong. To break, to break chains in our lives. Tell us you know? about that. I love that. Like one of our sisters, and I just love this, but she, she always says, she goes, you know, it's refreshing to sometimes realize that you are a hundred percent wrong about something. <laughs> and I was like, you're right. It totally is. Like, you know, and just to admit it, like, yeah, I was a hundred percent wrong about that. <laughs> and it's like, oh, 
mm-hmm. and like I can let Jesus save me there. Amen. You know, because mm-hmm. um, it's ultimately about repentance. It's not about navel gazing. It's about moving into love. It's about admitting. Yes, I need saving. Yes, I need you, Jesus. I want. I want to be back in the garden. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amen. And actually, you called it to not be afraid to live in these places. Like I think we can think when we often think of communio or the people closest to us. Like just to recognize that Jesus calls this a battle zone. Like mm-hmm. it's not easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't want to diss over that reality that that there's a struggle here. There are temptations here, but Jesus is showing us this is this is not a problem for him. This is actually you know the desert where we experience temptation is is really an arena of conversion. Mm. That's what community is. It's an mm. arena of conversion. Mm. At times it's going to be easy and and beautiful and light, and then at other times it, there's going to be a real battle to land. Mm. There's going to be there's going to be sacrifice. We need we need to sacrifice if we're going to love one another. We need to lay our lives down for each other. That mm-hmm. that just if everything's not happy clappy doesn't mean that <laughs> you know we're not we're not in a space of grace. Mm-hmm. Because and I think Jesus shows us this verse like don't be afraid of the battle. I'm in it. I'll lift it. But this is the place of conversion to live from and stay in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think I know I can have the tendency to like when things are difficult, we can easily give into the life, something's wrong here. And sometimes there are things wrong, but conversion is an ongoing work. It's a labor to stay unified, mm-hmm. just to say that. And mm-hmm. it's um if there's if we feel attention or yeah, it's hard to forgive and forgive ourselves and enter into these realms, that's not a sign that something is wrong. It's a sign that Jesus is with us and wants to do something deeper. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that unity is a work and it's worthy of entering mm-hmm. into mm-hmm. and yeah, being preoccupied with. It's worth fighting for. Amen. Took mm-hmm. the words right from my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But there's nothing wrong with the battle. It's a place of grace. Mm-hmm. Well, I just feel like it flips. I, lo- I love this so much and everything you're saying. And it just, again, to go back, I just feel like it, it flips Lent on its head from yeah. a preoccupation with myself and becoming better and actually yes. a, a preoccupation with with loving one another and with entering into communion. Mm-hmm. I just feel like it, it expands something in my own heart of... Mm-hmm as you were saying, Sister Veritas, like turning less on a navel gazing. And it's like, wow, actually opening my mind to the gift of the person in front of me, mm-hmm. opening my mind to the communion that God wants to draw me into with one another. Mm-hmm. Um, Amen. It's just so different than how I normally see it. Totally. Because I think sometimes we can think like, hey, prayer, fasting, almsgiving, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, I'm going to do it really good, you know, <laughs> and like grin and bear it. And, and ultimately the purpose of prayer almsgiving and fasting is is this self-forgetful love that unites mm-hmm. me with another but what can happen sometimes in London, and i know it's happened to me is mm-hmm. it actually you're so focused on it that you're thinking more of yourself than you ever were before yeah. and you're like hmm something's not mm-hmm. right but actually to yeah to let it be that your whole lens like jesus is communion mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it makes it also just like you want to lean into it yeah it's not scary yeah. yes and I feel like it's it's helpful, too, to even remember where we're going to end after Lent. You know, it's like sometimes when you know where you're going, it's just helpful to, to know how you live it. Like mm. if the end of Lent is Easter, which is God uniting himself to us in a new and profound and 
completely radically life-changing way. And then the fruit of even Easter is Pentecost. Like that's where we're going. And the, the Holy Spirit, like the first act of Pentecost was this unification of not only the apostles, but mm-hmm. the languages of all those around them. Like they walked outside and yes, everyone said you're drunk and all these things, but everyone could understand them in their own tongues. Like mm-hmm. the first gift of the spirit was unity. And that's where we're going. Like, so that it, you know, it's like just this vision of, um, God is going to take our hearts towards a unified place. And that's the goal at the end of this Lenten season. Well, I love that too, because it immediately, it it deflects even the pressure that is on, on us. Like even if we talk about it, it's 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 a good preoccupation of like, yeah, I'm I'm going in to let the Lord Jesus work on me and then bind us together. But ultimately, this is a work of God we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And it's like letting this ministry of Jesus in the desert happen to me this Lent. Like, yeah. will we allow unity to come? Will we... Um, permit God's desire to unite us to be a reality in my circumstances in my life right now? Will I give God permission to enter into the tension, to enter into the temptations and unify the people that I live with? Mm-hmm. It's, uh, yeah, it's giving way to the way that God works. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is cool. beautiful, sister. Yeah, it takes the pressure off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is, this is the workplace of God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is his occupation yeah. to unify us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, will you let him fight for you? Will yeah. you? And will you fight for your brothers and sisters yeah. too, mm-hmm. you know? It's like he went to the desert to fight for us. You yeah. Know? And it's like, it's so awesome. And we had a powerful experience of this in our mission recently that was kind of mm-hmm. surprising to us the mm-hmm. power of unity that actually, yeah, took us off guard. But we went to give a talk in Ohio recently, actually. And there was there was three of us sisters. And it's funny, I was giving the talk and I was feeling super vulnerable before this time. Mm-hmm. I just kind of felt nervous and inadequate and, you know, everything like that kind of thing. And I remember asking the sisters, I was like, you know, can we just pray together, which we always do before every talk. And then I was like, you know what, can you like come up with me? <laughs> I was like, maybe we can start this talk just in a, yeah, in, in some praise and worship together. And I was like, can you sing with me and pray with me? And then when I speak, you know, you obviously can sit down, but I'd love to begin together. And actually, could you get up at the end too and catch me? And like, can we pray again together? So we kind of tried this and uh, it went beautifully. And and I could feel actually, yeah, just the gift of unity that the Lord is allowing us to have together. But what was fascinating was what one person said to us after. This woman walked up to me and she said, Sister, do you do that every time you speak? I was like, What do you mean? She said, As sisters of life, do you, you know, do the three of you get up and pray together, sing together, and then sit back down and then come back again together? And I was like, Actually, that was the first time we tried that. No. <laughs> and it was fascinating because she said, I forgot who gave the talk, but I remember everything you said because you started together. Mm. And it was so wow. striking to us and actually really received it as word from God of like, there is not only is this good for you, good for your community, but this is apostolically loaded. Mm. It's evangelically powerful mm-hmm. for each other, but just to witness to the central truth of being unified with God and one another that Jesus came and died for, that he ran into the desert, that we would find each other again. And just that effort of unity is actually powerful and goes beyond the community of those that are working at it. It's awesome. So God didn't cool. have to allow that effect to happen. No. Mm-hmm. It's it's his mission being released in the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's such a like honestly poignant image that cool? of like yeah. that in a way like all life comes from communion. Cool. It's true. Mm-hmm. It's true and you think of the holy trinity, right? Mm. All life comes from communion. Yeah. So the, it's like their yeah, point of everything. And it's like they could receive the truth of the word mm-hmm. more because they witness first a, mm-hmm. a community, mm-hmm. a unified body. All wow. of a sudden, the truth that they might have been needing to hear could pierce their hearts. And it wasn't about one sister. It wasn't about, 
yeah, it wasn't entertaining. It wasn't, it was, there was a word for them and mm. it pierced their heart because it was given together. Mm. Mm. That's so awesome. That's so, so cool. awesome. I love that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's so cool. And it makes me think, not to jump ahead here, but like, yeah. it's just interesting because, you know, Jesus is God and he could, he could have like after, after the baptism or after the mm-hmm. desert, like he could have gone and converted the nations by himself. Mm. But it's like after the desert that he goes out and he begins to call people together. Mm. Like his first, you know, response after this is, I'm going to get these 12 guys and we're going to become a family. Like we're going to mm. become a communion and we're going to proclaim the gospel together, two by twos and and as a body. Cool. It's like, why? Yeah, God didn't need to do that, you know, but he chose communio for the church mm. to begin there. Mm-hmm. Wow. that's I've never heard it described like that. I yeah. love that. Yeah. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. And a unity that allows for friendship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, I literally, as you're speaking, I'm like, I have so much more to say. Don't worry. <laughs> I know we have more. Six more episodes. episodes. <laughs> more to come. For sure. We are, we're just getting started here. I oh know. my gosh. This is just the warm up. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> wow. Wow, cool, sisters. Well, do we have any challenges for one another this first week in Lent? I think my just one challenge that just came to mind immediately was just to ask the Holy Spirit to illuminate us. Like, where are there like fissures in community in my life mm. or, or breaks or anything like that? Mm. And to see that and ha- ha- ask him to reveal that to you and he will. And to see that actually as an opportunity, an invitation to, to go with Jesus to those places and to ask, ask the Holy Spirit, flood those places, Holy Spirit, guide me in those places. Mm. Because he wants to, he wants to mend. He's the repair of the breaches, you know, mm. he wants to unite. And mm. so to, yeah, ask him to illuminate those places and then to, in, in illuminating to, to heal and give him permission. Uh, this Lent, I think, to do that. I think it'd be a really, really powerful way to enter into Lent. I love that, sister. That's so mm. beautiful. Mm-hmm. I want to do that. Cool. <laughs> me too. <laughs> yeah, I guess what's coming to me, um, you know, in the desert, Jesus experiences the, the devil lying to him about who he is and one of the ways that he combats it is is through yeah the proclamation of truth and the proclamation of scripture and so i encourage you obviously through this lent um, to allow the word to to really bathe your mind and convert your mind but i wonder mm-hmm. this week um, as an act of entering into communion more with one another would be to really just maybe try even once a day um, to see the good in another and to proclaim that truth to the person next to you one of our sisters, I remember she said she heard a talk re- recently and she was like, it was awesome. They were talking about how we need to be truth tellers. We need to be truth tellers to one another. <laughs> and I really loved that. And um, yeah, I would just invite you, you know, the, the word is powerful and truth is powerful. It can set hearts free um, when we speak the good of the other. So maybe just make that an effort this week of how can I enter into um, what Christ did, which was combat the enemy with truth. And how can I proclaim uh, God's word of truth upon those who are nearest to me? Mm. Awesome, sister. Truth teller. I like that. <laughs> cool. Well, only to add to this, um, I've just been really moved by the life of Blessed Elena recently. And she, at the turn of the 20th century, really was asking Pope Leo Thirteenth to really call upon the church uh, to call out to the Holy Spirit. Because at the end of the day, all this heavy lifting is on God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and as we, as we, yeah, just recognizing these places of temptation are also very sacred and vulnerable places of all our hearts. And I think I've just learned too, like the earlier that we can call upon the help of God, the better. <laughs> so I would just invite you to be sensitive to, yeah, places of temptation and allow your immediate response to just be a a cry of our poor heart, you know, just come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit, and let that be the kind of the first response, a cry for help, really. 
because at the end of the day, only only the spirit of love and the spirit who is unity himself can can bring us together, can bring our hearts back to God uh, and can unite us in the communities that we're currently living in. So really just kind of to lean on the Holy Spirit and allow him to come and call out first stop. I love that. Yeah, yeah that's, that's great. so powerful. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Should we end with a prayer? Yeah. All right. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Father, we thank you and we praise you for all the wonderful works that you're currently about, especially in the midst of the realities of our life and the circumstances we're experiencing. We thank you for never ceasing to labor for unity, to labor for our holiness. And just, Father, we ask as we begin this Lenten season that you send a new spirit into our hearts, that we may truly let Jesus be driven to every place in our life that is in more need of him. We give you permission, Father, to send your spirit of life into our hearts, your spirit of peace, your spirit of love and healing. For you alone can unite us with yourself and you alone can unite us with one another. And so we ask Jesus for your own preoccupation with unity to become our own this Lent, that we may be open to a new way of living this Lent. We ask Jesus that you live Lent in us and with us and through us. We pray for the grace to be more aware of one another, to be aware of the community you have placed us in, to be aware of the ways that you are calling us into a deeper community. Help us to see those in our lives that you're asking us to be aware of. We just give you permission, Holy Spirit, to work new wonders in our life this Lent as we turn our hearts to you. And we just ask Mary for your particular protection. We just ask your mantle to wrap around us this Lent. Show us how to respond with an open and humble heart to Jesus. As we pray, Hail Mary. Full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Lady of Guadalupe, pray for us. Amen. In the name of Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Let's do this Lent together. Can't wait. And God bless you. <laughs> Great to be with you. See you next time. This was Let Love Podcast with the Sisters of Life, a religious community of women consecrated for the protection of the sacredness of human life. Be assured of our prayers and learn more at sistersoflife.org.